Hey everybody, my name is Christine Elise. You may know me from the Chucky franchise. I play Kyle, and you are listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all the support we've gotten. And we're super, super excited about the guests we have on our show today. We are more than thrilled to be joined today by the one and only Christine Elise McCarthy. If you are a listener of this show, you definitely know her as Child's Play franchise fan favorite character, Kyle. But she's an actress, an author, a photographer, a YouTuber, a producer, and also a writer. So you're very, very busy, it sounds like, Christine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you just tell us a little bit about what got you into acting? Uh, okay, so I was in, I grew up in Boston. I'm from Boston. And uh, I was always a big fan of old Hollywood movies, black and white movies, in particular the film noir and the gangster sort of ones. Um, and I also collected uh, 1930s paperback uh, pulp fiction novels as well. 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, like the old paperbacks. Uh, uh, that was my jam, right? So um, didn't really know what I wanted to do to go to college. And then Blade Runner came out. And Blade Runner was, in my estimation, uh, a modernization of the film noir genre. And I loved it. And I thought, oh, that's what I'll do. I'll be a director. I'm going to go out to, I'll be a director and I will, you know, single-handedly bring film noir back to its previous uh, eminence. And um, and so that's what I went to film school for a year in Boston. I went to BU, Boston University. And then it just seemed like dumb to do a film school thing in a town that didn't have a film industry. So I decided to move to California and establish residency and go to a state school here. And in, the, in, in that time, in the year and in the years while I was going to college, I would learn my way around, do some internships, you know, get get my feet wet a little bit so that I wouldn't get out of college like I would have in Boston. Like, okay, now I've got a degree, but I don't even know how to where Hollywood Boulevard is, and I've never done an internship. I have no, you know, I get nothing, you know. Right. I start way behind. So I moved to LA at 19 by myself, didn't know anybody, and um, got a job in Boston. I was making minimum wage, which at the time was 3.35 an hour. Uh, Difficult to pay $400 a month rent on $335. I ended up getting a job on Rodeo Drive as a cashier for $6 an hour, for a whopping $6 an hour. (laughs) And uh, I had to work 60 hours a week to get by, you know. So the year of residency, you know, I established that. And then film school just seemed like further and further away on the horizon as an unreachable dream. And uh, one... I was one time I thought, hey, after work, maybe I'll take an acting class. Like, if I'm going to be a director, I'm going to be directing actors. I should know what it is they're doing. And I took an acting class and I liked it more than I thought I would. And I thought, hey, people that can't act make a living all the time. Why can't I be one of them? <laughs> so <laughs> I tried to uh, get an agent and succeeded and started working pretty quickly because I looked like a kid. I was in my 20s, but I looked like Child's Play 2, I play 17, but I was uh, 24. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you have a ton of TV credits to your name, everything from 21 Jump Street to Baywatch, Law and & Order, and of course your biggest was uh, 90210. Can you talk a little bit about your TV career and how that differs from time on a movie set? Is there much of a difference? There's a difference uh, on two levels. One, 
on a movie set, like it's one, it's a, it's a fixed project and you know, you work with who you work with and, and, and whatever in three weeks or three months, whatever the movie is, you're done. On a TV show, it depends on who you are. If you're, if you're a guest star and just doing like one episode, which is most of my resume is that, or just doing a handful of episodes, it's scary because it's not your project. And if, if it's a show that's been on for a while, they're established, they've got a family, the crew is family. Right. You don't know who the crazy people are. You don't know who the assholes are. You don't, you don't know where the, where the lunch truck is. You know, you, you don't know anything and who to avoid, who to be nice to. You know, you don't, and it's a really, it's like being a new kid in school in the most awkward way, you know, right, the worst ways right. that, that can be. Um, if, and so that can be terrifying. If you're a series regular with your show, uh, which has happened to me very rarely, but like for the BH 90210 reboot this summer, um, I was less of a guest on that one. And I knew everybody for 30 years too. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. And that's like right. camp. It's like, I'm here with these people and we're tight and, and I'm treated like an equal and it's fantastic. So it can be really terrifying. Just let me also say, all work is awesome. All right. work, whether it's scary or not, I'm grateful for all work, and it's always a positive experience. It's such, it's so hard to get work that you know, whining about it being hard isn't what I want to spend my time doing because it's great. <laughs> Understand. Before I ask my question, I just want to let you know I told my dad who I was interviewing, and he knew exactly who you were from from now until when So I thought I want I, I want to let you know that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so this is a horror movie podcast. We would be remiss if we didn't at least ask a little bit about uh, your role in Child's Play 2. And Chucky, tell us a little bit about your experience on set. And is it true that you didn't get that part at first? It's true that I didn't get cast right away. So I auditioned for it, and I was doing – at the time, I had just gotten a streak of jobs. I just I'd just done Jump Street. I was actively doing Baywatch at the time. And I read for it, and I didn't get it. And they were like, they didn't find a girl they liked more, though. And they're like, well, maybe we should bring the girls that were like the near misses back and see if they can, if we miss something, you know? Right. And I was I was going to work that day on the set of Baywatch, so I had the audition at like 9.30 in the morning so I could make my 10.30 call uh, at the beach across town on Baywatch. And, uh, you know, when, you ha- when you're working, you have a l- less of that stink of desperation that you have as an actor. Like every, you want every job so desperately. And I was like, ah, fuck you people. I'm working. Like I got, it. I got a job. And so, um, it was just one episode of Baywatch, but I, I think I went in with more attitudes than I went in the first time. And I asked Don Mancini about it recently and said, who do I owe, who do, who do I owe, you know, my gratitude to who picked me? And he was like, Oh, that second time through it was unanimous. Everybody was like, that's the girl. So. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, you know, you have an awesome cameo in the uh, unrated cut of Cult of Chucky. You know, I went crazy when I saw it. I thought that was amazing that Kyle was back. Um, you're overwhelmingly a fan favorite character in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you can say too much, but, you know, are you involved at all with the sci-fi Child's Play TV series that Don Mancini is adapting? And, you know, thank God, by the way, that Brad Dorff is back for that. I mean, no offense to anyone involved with the remake, but I'm personally not a fan of that. But so are you involved with that at all? Um, I'm not officially involved in that I haven't been offered a part and a deal, you know, so I want to be, they know I want to be, I can't imagine I won't be, but it's not anything that's official, so it could change, and it could, I mean, I, I, they know I want it, and I can't imagine it wouldn't happen, but it's not not official, so it's something I can announce, so, um, I don't, and with, with COVID, uh, and with what we're going through with the plague here, um, I don't know, it could get pushed, it could be, it could get pulled. 
it right. could. Uh, I'm hearing that they're excited and it's still going to go, but um, but that everything can change. And the reason I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, I'm definitely involved. Is you don't believe you have a job as an actor until you walk on that set. You know, you'd be making a deal and the deal falls through. Like I, I was a spinoff character from 90210 to do Melrose Place. And while we were negotiating the deal, I didn't like the deal they offered me and I turned it down. So I, I had already shot like photo sessions for like interview magazine and stuff. Like that's how, in the, that's how sure it was. And then it didn't happen. So you never know until you're there, you know? Right. right. Absolutely. So fingers crossed though. I want it yeah. back. Because Dino 2 and this summer last time was super fun. The reboot of Dino 2 and was super fun working with people that I've known for that long. And I'm even closer to the, the Chucky people. Like Alex Vincent and I are like siblings. He's oh, like that's my awesome. <laughs> he lives in Florida, though, and I live in L.A., so I only ever get to see him at horror conventions, um, but we're super close. I love Alex. Don and I, he, Don lives here. I stayed friends with Don for all the intervening years, even when I wasn't involved in the projects he was doing. We stayed friends socially. And Jennifer Tilly, I've known from outside. I knew before I got Chucky, I knew Jennifer, so um, sure. certainly before she was involved in it. And um, so, what it, and uh, and uh, Fiona Dorf is uh, an awesome chick, so uh, that's a set that I am really eager to be on. So let's yeah, hope. That would be awesome. Let's hope it happens. I hope oh, so. Yeah. Fingers open. crossed for sure. Yes. Uh, if you don't mind me asking real quick, can you just talk to us? Like, like I said before we started this interview, I love Child's Play 2. Uh, I love your character Kyle in the movie. Can you just tell me a little bit about the, the last scene in the warehouse? Just how I love that ending, honestly. There's a lot going on, but it's such a fun you know segment of the movie. It's like half, it's more than half the movie, isn't it? I love right. how they call it a scene. It's like, no, it's like 45 minutes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. So uh, there's like a million scenes within that scene, you know? I would just like to know how they got the Chucky doll to climb up the rollers and all that stuff. It's just, it's very entertaining to watch. Uh, the doll takes nine puppeteers. Hold on a second. I am remiss. Can you hold on one minute? I'll be right back. Is that no cool? Problem. No problem. Yeah. Give me a sec. I know this, this is an audio uh, podcast, but you guys can see me, so I thought I should have him here too, right? Oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's a trick-or-treat. <laughs> he's one of the trick-or-treat dolls. Um, yeah. Those look great, actually. I've seen those a lot. Yeah, those look amazing. Yeah, I did an unboxing of him on my YouTube channel. Um, he's pretty spectacular. And bigger than I remember, <laughs> but <laughs> it's the mold that they use for the real doll. So anyway, this is a Chucky doll mold for those who can't see me. Um, so, uh, he takes nine puppeteers to, or that doll in Child's Play 2, needed nine puppeteers to run. So, one guy would do his right hand, one would do his left, one would do his right leg, left leg, then the eyeballs were a guy, the mouth was a guy, and, um, and they can make him do anything they want, but, uh, he, they can make him do anything they want. So they have, they have a fully animatronic one, that, that, and they have different versions of them, the one that's just a doll from the waist up. You know, and there's fully um, all you know, head to toe. And like the one where I find Joanne um, at the sewing machine, that Chucky on my back, he just kicks his legs. That's all he does. You see that thing just kicks. He just kicks. Right. Um, that's his function. He's a kicking. He's the kicking Chucky, you know. So they can pretty much make him do anything, though, with all the various dolls they have. Uh, and I think one of the funnest truths about the whole Chucky franchise is that he's still a practical uh, special effects yes. doll. He's not a he's not a CGI. So uh, I think that, that I think that that's what kept him special, and what separates the legitimate franchise from the fake franchise. I'm <laughs> glad you I'm glad you called oh, yeah. it the legitimate franchise. I completely agree. I don't, I don't think anybody 
has scared us or our fans more than Candyman and number one Chucky. Chucky scared me to death oh, as a little all kid. The time. <laughs> it, that's his job, right? He scared me so much. And when I go to conventions, I, get, I hear that a lot. I'm like, well, that's his job. That's what he's right. here for. Um, and it's weird that, you know, it, it, inanimate things coming to life is always spooky. You always have some... Like, dolls are creepy anyway, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now he's just, cre- was now he's just a fun shit talker. When you pet him on your lap. <laughs> Right? I have him. Um, he's he stands up in my on a chair in my living room, looking out the windows. People who walk by, like he's my watchdog. A pizza man almost shit himself. He's, he's <laughs> almost fainted. But uh, yeah, I know. Doesn't scare me, you know, because I, it's, it's, the, the number one question that Alex Vincent gets asked is, um, do you, did you have nightmares? Did you, when you as a kid, and do you now have nightmares? And you just don't because it's a it's not it's so not real you know right. it's such not it's yeah. so not real and the nine puppeteers are there and I, I don't have ever seen this photograph of me in the car scene uh, leaning over and kissing Chucky mm-hmm. because in the car scene with the cop and I you know you've seen dolls that pee scene right. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the, in between takes the puppeteers are making him bat his eyelashes at me and like put his hand on my thigh and he's flirting and flirting with me. It's not naturally menacing. He, he collapsed into that doll face again, you know. And uh, so when they were doing that, I leaned in to kiss him, and they caught that shot. Uh, they caught that someone snapped a picture of it, and I still have it. It's a great one. And I made them let me recreate it when I did the cameo on Cult, and made them with that doll on the block, the head on the block. I made yes. them create the kiss scene. So I have, you know, almost 30 years apart, me kissing Chucky. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so you recently starred in a film called Landfill, where you acted alongside fellow horror alum Linda Blair. Uh, can you tell us anything about that movie? You know, I didn't act alongside her in that we never had any scenes together. She worked right. on days right. and I worked on different days. So we both played cops, I believe, which is interesting that we didn't have a cop scene together. Um, <laughs> it's taken a long time to come out. That's the most. That's the, the thing I can tell you most. It's a supernatural thing. It's the kids are the stars, though. It's little kids. Uh, and a supernatural sort of bad guy they're trying to overcome in a sort of strange, you know, Stranger Things sort of little gotcha. kids. Uh, okay, yeah. It's not like Stranger Things at all, but it's like that, that <laughs> right. kids and it's a natural one. I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you. I, I, I haven't seen it. My part is like more like a cameo. It's a small little part, but uh, the script was great, so I have high hopes for it. Hilarious. Okay. Legend, so yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you've obviously been incredibly successful outside of acting as well. I mean, uh, let's talk about Bathing in the Single Girl, you know, a short film you wrote, directed, starred in, won a ton of awards. Um, I believe you said uh, some of that was drawn from your own experiences. Can you talk a little bit about how that whole thing came to fruition? Yeah, so Bathing is a 10 minute, it's a 10 minute comedy. So there's a little comedy uh, theater in my neighborhood here in Hollywood called the Upright Citizens Brigade, and they used to have a a show they would do there like once a month called Four Stories yeah. to Cover. And it would be four people reading a t- like a 2,000 word true life comedy essay about themselves and then somebody doing a goofy cover of a song. So four stories and a cover. And I would go to it all the time. There's, the writers were always brilliant. There's, you'd kiss yourself laughing. It was really great. <laughs> and uh, my friend and I went, went, went and she challenged me. She said, I'll, I'll write a piece if you write a piece and we'll submit them and see if we can do be, you know, be on stage next time we're here. So I did it. She didn't. I did it. They took my piece and I did it on stage. And um, 
and uh, and it went well. And my friends were like, "Oh, you should really have recorded that because your agents don't think you can do comedy." And you know, it's true. No one in this town thinks I can do comedy. So they go, "You should have recorded it." What a shame! So I did it again at a different comedy theater, and I did have somebody record it. And I posted the ten-minute video. It's like one camera, you know, shitty lighting and stuff. And um, and I posted it on Facebook. And a friend of mine who's a big commercial director, and it does like beauty, like hair products, and like girls, with, you know, tossing their hair around beautiful women uh, commercials. And he said, oh, that's really funny, but it looks really ugly. Let's make a short film out of it. And we started to, and he shot with me for a couple of days, and then he got bored with it. And he's like, ah, here's the footage, you can have it. So I uh, got another friend to shoot it for me, and I finished it and put it together. So it's 10-minute comedy. Um, and it shot all in my house over the course of a year, five days over the course of a year. And then I did a bunch of film festivals with it, like a hundred film festivals with it. And toward the end of the run, somebody said, that's really funny. If you can write more stories, you should really write a novel. And so I did. Nice. So basically, if you suggest something to me and tell me to do it, I do it. I'm a very well behaved. Uh, I'm open to <laughs> Um You should, you know, write the thing. Yeah, you should record it. Yeah, you should make a short film. Yeah, you should write a book. Yeah, so I did. <laughs> so the book is a uh, dirty comedy. It's not erotica it's not like 50 shades it's not sexy at all it's super embarrassing regrettable uh dirty stories um the vast majority of which are not true um they're it's a fiction it's fiction um but a handful of stories are either true for me or true for friends i stole their stories and and incorporated them in there and i'll not tell you any of them one thing i (laughs) which one's the real one that's it so uh anyway i'm proud of it though it's on amazon you can get it a paperback for 10 bucks so you can get a digital copy of it and read it on a tablet or whatever but i think it's really really funny it's not chick lit it's not chick lit the chick literature that it looks like like a book men wouldn't like i promise you if you guys read it each of you will laugh literally laugh out loud like need to put it down for a minute to stop laughing at least five nice. <laughs> okay it's, it, it's raunchy enough there we go boy trust me it's, it's not trying to be sexy so Get ready to be scandalized. It's very offensive. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into that then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I love it already. Uh, if you if you if you don't laugh out loud five times, tell me and I'll give you your ten bucks back. <laughs> Deal. Uh, you mentioned that you adapted that into a novel. So being a writer, uh, being a writer your entire life, a lot a lot of people don't actually know that you wrote some episodes on I two one zero when you were on that show as well. Uh, how did that come about? I was I did the show and then I toured the end of my first uh, season two there. Jason Priestley and I uh, got together. We were a couple for five years. I was living right. with Jason, and um, and so obviously I'm immersed in 90210 because I'm living with Jason and he's doing that show. You know, right. <laughs> life, right. So, uh, but I watched him. He he as time went on, he began producing the show and directing the show and being involved in ways that he couldn't have with other shows that he didn't have access. I was like, that's, that's really smart to like take advantage of the access to this thing and to them being willing to let you try stuff that they wouldn't let, you know, other shows not let you try it or they wouldn't let somebody they didn't know, like as well as they know you try it. So I thought, Hey, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I have access to, I know these people. Um, so I pitched a storyline that, uh, to the writer's room that, the, the cast went on a booze cruise, uh, like on the uh, Memorial Day or something, right? And they go on a booze cruise in the L.A. Uh, in Pacific here, and a storm happens, and Donna, Donna slips and hits her head, and she has one of those, like, Wizard of Oz, you know, Dorothy has that fever dream that is what the whole rest of the movie is, and then, right. you were my dream, and you were my dream. <laughs> she has one of those things, and um, 
but she goes, I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched Gilligan's Island, but that she has a Gilligan's Island fever dream. So oh, okay. oh, in yeah. episode of Gilligan's Island where that band, the, the Mosquitoes, was trapped up. Is it like a British pop band, like the Beatles? It's called the Mosquitoes. Yes, yes. Island too. And so then the girls put together a band. Uh, like called the honeybees and the and the you know the skipper and everything. they put a band together too, um, and so the nine or two and no characters have dropped really nicely into uh, the Gilligan's Island characters. So uh, you know uh, uh, Donna would be um, oh yeah <laughs> Marianne and right. Jane Garth would be Ginger and so they all fit really well. Luke would Luke would be the professor. Jason would be Mr. Howell. Andrea is Mrs. Howell. Oh, that's great. Got Ian as the skipper and Brian as Gilligan, and it just worked perfectly. And they were like, "That's hilarious! We love that. We're gonna do it." And they couldn't get the rights from Sherwood Schwartz to do it, so because at the time I think they were gonna make a Gilligan's Island feature film, uh. end up doing. But they were like, "Oh, that was great. Um, we can't do it though. Would you be willing? Would you want to write just as a freelance writer and do other episodes?" And I said, "Of course I would." And so I did. Nice. That's awesome. I said I would have loved to see that episode, by the way. Right? <laughs> but I wanted everybody's new favorite episode. I agree. So you also obviously have a passion for cooking. Uh, you have a very successful cooking channel on YouTube and a blog called Delightful, Delicious, The Lovely. Can you tell us a little about those and uh, what got you in? Like, what is it about cooking that you love so much? I would. I think calling it very successful is overstated. I think I have like 6,000 followers, and in the world of YouTube, that is incredibly underachieving. Um, <laughs> it's like two-year-olds with a million followers. So, um, <laughs> it's pretty. It's a pretty. It's, it's a. It's a pretty well-kept secret that I have this channel. But um, I do. It's been up for three years. I think I have like 150 episodes. Um, the blog predates the um, the channel. One day, I was got a wild hair. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do a food blog now, and I just did nice. it. Uh, I did it for a couple of years and I just felt stagnant. And then one day I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll do a cooking channel instead. And I didn't even have a camera. I shot the first episode on my iPhone. I didn't know how to edit. It's all one take. Uh, I shot in the wrong direction in my every other episode. <laughs> shot from a better, better angle in the kitchen. And I, by the 12th or 13th episode, I had purchased proper mics and a better camera and some lighting. And it, the production quality goes way up after like the 12th episode. Um, but it's uh it's the chip the I've been I gave up meat in the eighties, so the chan the blog was a vegetarian. I ate seafood mm-hmm. pescatarian uh blog, the 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 um the channel's vegan. But it's not like a like holier than thou uh let me chide you for your choices vegan channel. It's a channel <laughs> meant to be um meant to be like people like the kid comes home from college and declares herself a vegan or the dad gets a heart attack and the doctor goes now nah, you are a vegan that happened to a friend of mine he's in his 50s and he's, he's in the 60s actually he's a medically induced vegan um yeah. there's a lot of reasons for people to just want to cut back or whatever right it's good for the planet right. it's good for animals it's good for your body it's good for everything it's a win-win-win so the channel is meant toward meant to make dishes that like a i do a fucking amazing vegan big mac is a big vegan Big Mac pizza, but the Big Mac is spectacular. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, uh, orange chicken and that kind of stuff, things that are right. here that you can, uh, that that maybe you would want to try it meatless. Or like you said, like if you have a kid, a kid comes home and you don't, mom doesn't want to make two different meals, one for the family and one for the kid that's vegan, you can make this vegan dish that makes everybody happy because it tastes like what it's supposed to taste like. There you go. Some of it's even convincing enough that you wouldn't know if I didn't tell you. So shifting gears a little bit, um, we started asking this when we had uh, Lisa Wilcox on the show a while back, and we try to now, we try to ask every guest, um, can you tell us, you know, what's the weirdest, most odd thing that you've ever witnessed 
or had happened to you at a horror convention? Uh, is there anything that stands out? You know what? I'm such a fan of those things. Um, yeah. I'm, I really love them for a lot of reasons. I love them because I get to see Alex Vincent at them, and, and it's our quality time is those things. There's always mm-hmm. actors there that I've worked with in the past that I haven't seen in a long time. It's fun to hang out with them. There's always actors there that I'm a fan of myself, and I walk around like an idiot giggling when I walk at <laughs> their table. You know, I'm too intimidated to ask for a photo or anything. And, uh, and then you meet fans who are awesome, and they, so many fans have really rare stuff especially original art, one-off, like, fan art and stuff. It's incredible to see that stuff. Uh, It doesn't suck to sit at a table all day and have people tell you how how great you are. It's not a hard hard way to spend a day. And and the the vending rooms, the vendors have all all this incredible stuff. They do. It's just everything about them is fantastic. Uh, And so the the first one I ever did was Chiller in uh, New Jersey 10 years ago, 11 years ago maybe now. And that one... It was my first one ever, and so it was my you know my virgin experience of it. And they're particularly handsy crowd. Uh. I so much a lot of side boobing, like like I put some running a lot of side boob being caught. And oh, how it's supposed to go down? Like I feel like a prostitute. <laughs> I'm like one of these nice as I can, and I'm one of the actors that comes out from behind the table and stands out in front of it with you and like puts my arm around. I touch you, you know. Some actors right. are not into it. I think it's fun now. That may change with the with the plague, but um, <laughs> uh, I got a lot of side boob cops um, and hands drifting south. But that hasn't proven to be the case at most shows. So I don't know what's going on that day. I don't know what I what what I was given off that day that made everyone <laughs> like just grab a piece, but they were. Um, but nothing bad. I nothing. The the, the only story that I can think of that's spectacular didn't even happen to me. It was it happened to Kane Hodder. And Kane, um, people have him sign machetes all the time, you know? And uh, you know who Kane is. Everyone knows who Kane right. is. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, I love Kane, by the way. He's an awesome guy. And I only got to know him from these conventions, so I'm a big Kane Hodder fan. But uh, apparently somebody brought him a, a machete to sign, and he was swinging around, like, playing. Because he's really – have you ever seen Kane at a show at a, at a convention? Oh, and he's – yeah, he's very uh... – you know, he'll choke you, and it'll hurt. So, yeah. I mean, right, he, uh, he's, right. he's very uh, out there. Yeah, and, like, attacks you, and he gets into it. He's, and the fans love that. So that's what you're yeah. there for. I think it's fucking great. Absolutely. So, anyway, he's swinging his machete around, and it banged his friend. He had, his own friend was behind the table with him, and it banged his friend's arm and almost cut his friend's arm off. So, oh, my God. actual real machete, and he didn't realize it, and he horribly with his friend. And then I'm thinking, who's letting people out real machetes? I was just about Yeah, I was going to say, how in the hell did that happen? 10,000 people here, some fuckers walking around with a machete. But, um, <laughs> that happened, apparently. I didn't see it, but that's a pretty horrific story. And Kane's a good boy, too, so I, I'm sure he was properly horrified. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and me and Brian were in line at Days of the Dead in Atlanta in February in Derek Mears' line, and we saw all kinds of people with real machete. I was like, are they allowed to bring these in here? I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, this is a thing, huh? Okay. Okay. Danny Trejo must sign a lot of those too. Oh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. But yeah, no, nothing bad. In fact, I, I was talking to somebody else earlier today and saying like, uh, it's a, like to the to the you know, average mainstream American, if you drop them out of uh, you know out of oblivion into a convention and they right. and they look around, you're seeing all kinds of wacky costumes, really elaborate, crazy, awesome <laughs> costumes, a lot of tattoos, a lot of piercings, a lot of people that look counterculture. Right. 
And people walk around with machetes and stuff, and they're bleeding. <laughs> really realistic special effects wounds on people, and and uh, and like you think, oh my god, I'm my my own worst nightmare. But in fact, it's a community of like family, very family type people. Lots of kids there, and like you know, I leave my table and there's a bunch of shit on my table, and my friends are like, you go walk away from your table, and people just steal stuff. Like nobody's ever gonna steal something from my table. It just doesn't happen. Right. Uh, that that those show the, that community is fantastic. So Absolutely. That's for a couple of boob grabs and nothing bad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, t- tell us what you're working on now. Is there anything our audience needs to be on the lookout for in the future? Ah, I'm on the we're, I'm in lockdown. Right. Still, right. It's still sort of, you know, shelter in place if you please here. It's not like right. a law, but like it's they don't want you out. There's nowhere to go, really. Absolutely. And, I'm not ready to go to restaurants and bars yet, and I'm glad I haven't because despite we're having the worst in California, having the worst week of the whole run. Like we, it was bad, bad, bad. It got a little bit better, and we opened up, and now it's way up here. It's like worse oh, yeah. than ever here. I don't know what's how they're not going to shut the thing all back down again. Right. So I'm not working. On, I'm working on getting really good at doing nothing. I right. can do nothing so well. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I've really, really mastered it. And uh, day drinking. Yeah, I was going to say, the day drinking has gone way the fuck up. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, why not? It's noon. I guess I'll have a beer. That's perfect. I've been drinking for eight weeks. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, I, the the only thing on my horizon is, I think, fingers crossed, is the Chucky uh, show, which isn't even a thing for me yet. And again, like I said, who knows when it'll even happen? Like Canada will let us in, let them in. Um, uh, I know I heard a rumor that if they go, if production goes to Canada, that anybody, any American that gets to, has to go from the airport to 14 days of quarantine, Jesus, do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then productions are have to spend a ton of money on. Like I, I was talking to Don, he's like, yeah, when we do it, like any love scenes or anything, where all the actors are by union law meant to be six feet apart like how are you going to shoot a movie where no one can be closer than six feet apart so you can't do any love scenes and, he, and he's like i don't know it's hard to do murder scenes like how do you do a killing and not be near absolutely so, true um I, I everybody's like i know all the television that goes back in production like the big big producers are like i have all these scenes like high school shows right you do a high school show you can't have anybody like say like 13 reasons why and you've got all these like kids in locker rooms and like football scenes and you can't do any of that stuff anymore you can't have any kind of a crowd in a stadium you can't do anything like that so all these shows had to be rewritten and retooled to have everybody in like we are right now like, alone in a room and somehow make a show out of that you know right so uh, chucky's gonna have some challenges that it didn't wouldn't have had without covid uh and that's true for everybody so i I'm just like doing, I was doing, I didn't do my cooking channel for a long time. Then I got on it for a while. Then I got over it. I got, <laughs> it's gotten so bad. Like having one thing to do is overwhelming. <laughs> I can't do the show. I have to go to the bank today, you know? Uh-huh. I know how that's. I have to go to the supermarket. That's it. That's all I can do in a day. Right. I know that feeling. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Oof. That supermarket took it out of me. I need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, we really want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, we're all big fans of you and especially your character, Kyle, and Child's Play 2. That's, like I told you earlier, that's my favorite of the franchise. I love that movie. Uh, I'm personally inviting you to Days of the Dead in Atlanta. I'd love to meet you and get a <laughs> yeah, signature, baby. <laughs> I know. There's a whole Chucky reunion at Days of the Dead in Indianapolis. 
Oh, uh, we keep seeing it. We keep I seeing hope it. they come to Atlanta too. So I'm personally inviting you there. <laughs> yeah, you can sit at our table. Days of the Dead doesn't like me, I don't think. That's yeah, like I said, you like I said, you can be part of the Don't Go Out There podcast and come sit at our table. <laughs> yeah, because you know people think actors can just show up at conventions. You have to get invited by the promoter, mm. and there's a whole hierarchy and there's all kinds of personalities behind the scenes and agents and who it, and the promoter doesn't like my agent or whatever, and and then. Um, and their own, their fans. These promoters are fans too. And and like the Indianapolis show has so far, if it holds up, if things don't get shut down again, it has Alex and Brad and Fiona right. and uh, Kevin Yeager who created Chucky, and his wife Catherine Hicks who's the mom in the first one, right? right. So, um, I wasn't invited. Bastards. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I, you know that's oh, a lot. Really, seriously. That's, the cast like you know how many more do you need everybody that was ever in this franchise you know for all the time probably not is it becomes a diminishing returns thing for the promoter to keep flying them in and putting them up if they have enough for that one project to represent it properly you know right right so so days of the dead i don't know uh if, if, I, if I piss that guy off or something <laughs> or, or what so don't care i don't know if that'll ever happen but uh I, I, any other con that invites me i, I show up was there? Would you like to give a shout out to your social medias or anything before we get out of here? You know, if you go to yeah, if you go to bathingbook.com, uh, bathing felt like take a bath, B-A-T-H-I-N-G, bathingbook.com. Uh, you can buy the there's a link to Amazon to buy the book. The film is there. You can watch the short film. There's a tab that says the film. You can go there and watch that. And then in the contact page is all my social media. My, I'm particularly aggressive on Instagram. So, but I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. Actually, really, I'm on Instagram and it kind of auto posts onto Twitter. I'm not really a Twitter person. So, but I am a full blown uh, Instagram person. So. Okay, definitely. We'll make sure we tag you and shout you out and all that. Um, thank you again for joining the show. It was a great honor. We really appreciate your time. We love Child's Play, too, and we'll make sure we send uh, Days of the Dead a very strong email or Facebook message. <laughs> don't make them mad. I don't want to make them mad. I want to <laughs> No, we just want to bring up the the subject. That's all. We, <laughs> all we want to do is talk. That's all. Are we just want to talk. <laughs> okay, thank you. Hey, we really appreciate it for you. Yeah, we really you. appreciate your time for joining us. This was this was fun. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Have it, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Boys, have a good one. You, you too. too. You too. Thanks for Stay joining. Stay safe out there. <laughs> and I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there.